Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church, and happy Easter, man. Wow, this is amazing. We get to have Easter today. So great to be with you on Easter, where we celebrate this foundational truth that Jesus is alive. That is something to rejoice in. And that foundational truth really affects every other part of our lives. Because if Jesus can rise from the dead, then Jesus can in turn bring life to the death that's in us. The resurrected Jesus can bring resurrection to our lives. And deep down, I think we know that we need it. I think deep down, if we're honest, we know we need some things to change in our lives. We know we don't have it all together. Like uh, for a while now, Paula has been telling me, my wife Paula, has been telling me uh, that, that if I answer my phone like in a public space, like in a, in a store or in a restaurant, she's like, you talk so loud when you answer the phone in a public space. She's like, you talk way louder than if you're just there. But when you're on the phone, it's so loud. I'm like, really? No, that can't be the case. She's like, no, it's, it's so loud. And, and we were in a restaurant, I think, recently somewhere. And there was a, a lady talking on the phone like 10 feet away. And she talked so loud on the phone. Like I knew everything about what she was talking about. Like I knew all the details and wow, that sounds like a bummer of a rash and just, whoa, it was so much. And I went to Paula, I'm like, is that what I sound like on the phone? She's like, totally. That's exactly what you sound like on the phone. And I'm like, oh, that's got to change now. I'm not doing that ever again. And so the next time I got a phone call in a public space, I was like whispering like, hey, okay, I'm on the phone. Yeah, I'm in a public space. I'm never going to talk loud again. I knew it had to change. I was faced with it. And if we're honest, we see the many ways that we look at our lives and we go, man, I didn't even, I didn't even live up to what I hoped for in myself. And at times we're aware of those things. At times it takes someone else to show us that, to make us aware. But ultimately we know there's lots of ways in life that we've fallen short. And the Bible calls those failings sin. Each of them is a little death in us. It's a reminder of our need for forgiveness, our disconnection from the light of God, our inability to fix ourselves. And so at Easter, we celebrate the proof of the event that makes new life possible, that Jesus would be born into humanity, God with us, made flesh, that Jesus would live and teach among us, that Jesus would be tempted in every way, just like us, and yet be without sin, if you can imagine that. And then Jesus, the sinless one, would be falsely accused, betrayed, and crucified, executed on a cross, once and for all, paying the price for every single person's sin. From that smallest little lie that we told as children to the greatest of our betrayals, Jesus died to pay the price for it all. But then, Jesus proved that death was defeated by rising on the third day and showing himself to hundreds of people that he was alive, saying, I'm back! <laughs> you thought it was over, I am back. 
And so it is that first Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate. That's why we throw a party at Easter, because life has come. Freedom is possible, and the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can now bring life to us. The truth that Jesus has risen means we too can rise. We too can experience that life, that gift of grace. So for just a few moments, I want to look a bit closer at the life that Jesus is inviting us to by reading a scripture that speaks really to those in our place in history. All who would come to Christ after that first advent, after that first coming of God. Those who would be found by Christ in this later time, in our time. So the passage we look at today speaks to us and to all those like us who come upon these truths after they happen. Yet even though we come upon these events later, we too can experience God just the same because we can respond in faith. And it is that experience that Jesus is inviting each of us to today. This is available to you whether or not you're just beginning to learn about Jesus or you've been in church and walking with Jesus for most of your life. You, wherever you are, you can experience God today. And you can experience God in a way that is real and unique to who you are because that is how God loves you. And the first thing I would point out is this, that Jesus invites us to experience a love beyond sight. 1 Peter 1 is where we're going to be, starting verse 8. We're going to read it together right where you are. Big voices, go. Although you've never seen him, you love him. You ever notice that our culture puts a lot of emphasis on the physical component of love, right? The physical attributes of that person that we're, we're in love with. We speak of falling in love across a crowded room, right? Or, or love at first sight. Very much about the physical, seeing element of love. Or think of the timeless poetry of the 60s rock band, The Monkees, later covered by Smash Mouth. Then I saw her face and I'm a believer. The love we speak of often has this connection to what we see. And often the relationships we end up in start with that first introduction where we see someone and go, hey, I think I want to get to know them. So love for us is often hard to distinguish from sight. It is in the scene that we know who we're talking to, we know who it is we're caring for. Yet we also know that seeing is not a prerequisite for loving. When my son Ethan and his wife Riley told Paula and I that they were pregnant, we didn't know a gender, we didn't know a name, we didn't know a face, but we knew without a shadow of a doubt that we loved that child. We'd never seen him, we never held him, never saw him smile nor heard him laugh, both of which our grandson now excels at but it was incomplete regarding sight, and yet still complete regarding love. This is what Jesus invites us to. We don't get to, in this season of time, just see Jesus walking through the halls of Riverbend Hospital, healing paralytics and cancer patients. 
We don't get to see Jesus walking down the downtown streets of Eugene and he takes two voodoo donuts and, and feeds the entirety of everyone downtown with those two voodoo donuts. We, we don't get to see Jesus in that way. Yet our inability to see Jesus in that way does not have to keep us from experiencing Jesus in ways that are just as powerful, just as real. In fact, the truth is this. My inability to see Jesus in the flesh has zero bearing on experiencing Jesus in my life. He can do stuff beyond this because in Jesus we can experience a love that is beyond sight. It's the old illustration of people saying, well, I'm not going to believe in something I can't see, so why would I believe in God? Well, the answer to that is in that case, well, what about the wind? You can't see the wind. Sure, we can see the effects of the wind. Trees move, leaves go down the street, but I can't see the wind. Does that mean the wind then does not exist? And that I don't believe in the wind? My inability to see the wind has no bearing on whether or not I believe the wind to be real. Because that belief goes beyond my sight. Jesus is inviting each of us to a belief like that. We may not see Jesus physically in this place wearing sandals and a robe and laughing with children and, and befriending sinners. But we can still experience Jesus in a real way. Just as powerfully, we can experience that today because Jesus invites us to experience a love beyond sight. That's the first thing. Here's the second. Jesus invites us to experience a trust beyond circumstance. A trust beyond circumstance. Let's continue with the passage, 1 Peter 1. Second part of that eighth verse. Let's read it together. Big voices, go. Even though you don't see him now, you trust him. Even though you don't see him now, even though you don't see him today, even though at this moment you are unclear of where God is and what God is doing, you still trust God. That's the message. This is one of the great tests of humanity because anyone can trust God when things are going great, right? When it's blue skies and you get that tax refund and your team is winning and your spouse just made your favorite dessert. Oh man, on those days it is easy to trust God. It is easy to praise God to believe. It's easy to trust God on the mountaintop. But what about in the valley? What about when it's raining and TurboTax says you owe money? and your team falls apart, and your spouse makes that dessert, but you're gluten-sensitive. Ah, curse you, gluten. What about those days? Because those days do come, and on those days we are left with a choice. We can be consumed by the despair of the circumstance, or we can counter our fear and our discouragement with an abiding trust. Saying to Jesus, I don't know everything, but I know you're good and I know you've got me. That we can trust in the one who is absolutely trustworthy. I've known many trustworthy people in my life, but none of them would I call absolutely trustworthy. And here's what I mean. I trust my mom, right? 
love my mom, trust my mom, she loves me. My birthday was like three weeks ago, and on my birthday, my mom doesn't just call me on my birthday, she calls me at 11.42 a.m., because that is the moment I was born on my birthday. I trust my mom, right? But I also know this, my mom, also when I would skin my knee, used to use hydrogen peroxide on that injury. And she would come to me with that bottle and she'd be like, I'm gonna put this on, on the injury and it would get all foamy up and it was the worst pain in the world. I'm like, what kind of passive aggressive first aid product is this? This stuff is awful. I'm like, mom, it hurts so much. She's like, that's how you know it's working. Well, why don't you just take the leg then? Cause this is, this is horrible. This pain is beyond belief. But she would do that to me. So although my mom is trustworthy, she is not absolutely trustworthy. That proved it. And I would say that same thing for every person I know, including myself. I'm never gonna be absolutely trustworthy. Yet there is one, one who is absolutely trustworthy. One in whom there is no darkness one who is the way, the truth, and the life, one in whom there's never a distinction between the words they speak and the actions that follow. No, if they say it, they do it without exception. And that one said he would be killed and rise again on the third day, and that one did it. His name is Jesus, and he is absolutely trustworthy. You can put your trust in Christ, which means this, regardless of your circumstance, you can know that God is good and is working all things out for your good. Because Jesus invites us to experience a trust beyond circumstance. That's the second thing, here's the last thing. Jesus invites us to experience a joy beyond words. Let's finish out the passage in 1 Peter. Big, big voices go. And so rejoice with a glorious joy that is too much for words. You are receiving the goal of your faith, your salvation. Last time I was up in Alaska with my buddy Dana, who lives there in Haines, um, we found out while we were there that they were putting on a coho derby. The local town, the sporting goods place was putting on a coho salmon derby where for the next month you can submit your entries and the the largest fish submitted would would get prizes there's first through third prizes and the, the prizes were legit like really good gear and stuff and so you would submit these over that course of time and more importantly there was a category for those who would catch fish on a fly rod and the guy at the fishing store told us that nobody signed up for that category last year Nobody signed up for the fly fishing. And so the prizes were left unclaimed. And I was like, Dana, we're signing up. We're going to do the fly fishing part of this derby, and we're going to win those prizes. So I signed us up, went to our spot. The coho were in, and it was, it was great. And so we were catching them, but they weren't big, at least not by, by coho standards. Six to eight pounds, great for, great for eating amazing fish, but, but not trophies. So after a few days, we had nothing on the board. You have to have a, have a partner uh, when you do this, and they write down you know, witness and all this thing, but we had nothing that we got to submit on the board. But then one morning, we go out, and again, we're hooking fish because they're in. But Dana finally gets a good one, 
on the fly rod. He fights it for a while. Finally, it's up on the bank. He pulls it up. It is this massive coho. It's like 200 pounds. No, no, not 200 pounds. It's like 14 pounds. Really big coho. And we were so excited. And I'm going, oh, man, the Derby. You're going to win the Derby. And your name's going to be on the board at the Sporting Goods Tour. And it's going to be seen by like 30 people, maybe 35 people will see that. You'll be famous. And I'm going to be famous because I'm your partner and I'm your witness. And you're going to give me some of the prizes because I'm your witness because I was there for you. And, it, and it was, we were so excited and it sunk in. And we were so thrilled that all we could do after saying that was just jump up and down Two men, grown men in our waders, and we could just yell, yeah! Oh, just guttural noises, oh! That's all we could do. Because ultimately, words failed to describe how we felt. It was a joy beyond words. He actually ended up getting third. He did get some prizes. Didn't win, maybe next year. Maybe you've had moments like that in your life where all you could do was exclaim this guttural sound because the joy was so great. Or maybe even moments so thrilling, so gleeful that all you could do was sit in the quiet and smile, perhaps shedding a single ecstatic tear. It's that unspeakable joy that celebration beyond words that ironically Easter invites us to speak of today. A joy that you're invited to come and experience whether, uh, whether you're a church person or not, no matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, no matter where the turns of life have taken you. The one who brings unfathomable joy is pursuing you today and inviting you to a new life. The one in joyful pursuit of you is Jesus, and today you can choose to be found by that one. When I've um, traveled out of country, and I've traveled to different places and places that spoke different languages, you know, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, Springfield, you know, stuff like that, um, I've found myself at such a disadvantage because I knew what I wanted to say, but I was completely ill-equipped to say it. And this passage is pointing to that kind of experience, that we've been given this amazing gift of grace, this salvation through faith in Jesus. We didn't earn it. We never could. We didn't deserve it. We never would. Yet God so loves us, and God so loves you, that God would give his Son that whoever would believe in Jesus would not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the good news. That is what we celebrate on Easter. Yet how do you thank someone for a gift like that? Words don't seem enough. My grandparents uh, once gave us a car when we were first married, a nice car. And a gift like that, you feel like words aren't enough 
to equal the substance of the gift. Like, like thank you is just not enough. I've, I've been given other cards in my life, not nice cards. Finding words for those were easy, you know. Thanks for giving me this car so you didn't have to pay to have it towed. You know, I, I knew those words. That was, those kinds of gifts are easy. I've had that. But when, is, when it is an extravagant gift, a gift you could never possibly repay, that's when words don't feel like enough. And when the only thing left to express the truth is found in what our hearts have to say. So, what would your heart say today to Jesus? Knowing that you've been given a gift that you could never repay. Eternal life has replaced eternal brokenness. What would your heart say? Because that is the joy Jesus brings. We get to embrace this glorious joy that is too much for words, but that does not mean we are silent. I may not have the words, but my heart can proclaim what I cannot. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for loving me and finding me and allowing me to experience your presence. It is an unspeakable joy beyond words, but our hearts can speak where we cannot. And that kind of joy can be yours today. So what would your heart say to Jesus? Because Jesus invites us to experience a joy beyond words. I'll wrap up with this. Hebrews 12, 2 says, He, being Jesus, endured the cross, ignoring the shame for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him. Jesus endured the pain, the humiliation, the agony, the torture of crucifixion, a death so cruel that the Romans eventually outlawed it. But Jesus endured all of that. Why would Jesus do that? It tells us here, for the joy laid out in front of him. The joy set before him. What was that joy? Here's, here's, here's the amazing news. That joy was you. He would do all that for you. And every person who has ever taken a breath on our planet, we are the joy that was set before Christ. You are the reason Jesus did it all. To know you and to be known by you to love you and to be loved by you. That is the relationship that gives birth to a joy beyond words. That's what Easter can and should mean to each of us. You may be here today or right where you are in your house and perhaps you don't have a, a great grasp of scripture or you don't really get all that it means to follow Christ or how to do church stuff, any of those things. You may not be able to put all of your thoughts about Jesus into words, but your heart is speaking loudly in this moment because the Spirit of Christ is speaking to your heart. And that's what you get to respond to a growing, real relationship with the God who invites you to experience a love beyond sight, a trust beyond circumstance, and a joy unspeakable. Jesus only asks one thing in our response. It is to come in faith and say yes to that gift with all our hearts. Will you do that?
today. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.